Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, Tomorrow's Leaders. So I got a great guest for you today, Ron Juanels. He is the author of the book, Don't Pick Up All the Dog Hairs. Love that title. And he's CEO of One Health Ohio. This is a guy that's had a lot of success building a business. I love the the passion behind it and the his why behind it. You're going to learn about all that and how he scaled his business. So we had a great conversation about leadership and what goes into being successful and what are the traits of the most successful leaders and obviously in a uh, in a medical field which uh, is not without its own challenges so uh, take a listen I think you're gonna love his stories his perspective and here's Ron all right welcome to today's episode of tomorrow's leader where we dive deep on all things leadership leading yourself and leading others I'm John Larito your host here with a great guest Ron Juanels, who is CEO of One Health Ohio, a phenomenal organization that uh, provides health care to individuals primarily that uh, don't have access to health insurance. Uh, he is also the author of the recently released book, Don't Pick Up All the Dog Hairs. I love that title. We're going to get into that. Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you joining. And uh, I know you're, you've are you got a great, for those of you who are not uh, watching, but you're listening, Ron's got this great backdrop there uh, with a really nice stained glass with that's uh, a tribute to his mom, I know. So beautiful background and uh, I'm sure a lovely lady. So Ron, I wanted to pick your brain a lot because you've got a lot to offer. I know our audience who is really interested in leadership. Um, you've had a really incredible career starting, I know, uh, almost four decades ago uh, in starting One uh, Health Ohio. Tell us a little bit about that journey and in particular what it's all about and, uh, and what you do. John, you've really aged me there. Uh, four decades sounds uh, like a long time. <laughs> So, well, you don't uh, look it, so you just uh, oh, the experience. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Um, well, yes, my, I've had a very extremely varied career, if you will. Um, I did go to medical school uh, at the University of Kentucky, became a pediatrician, practiced for a while. I started a clinic way back in four decades, almost four decades ago, as you say, and uh, the, the purpose of that clinic was to provide health care to the medically uninsured and underserved populations. So back in the 80s, uh, there were a lot of people just who, who could just not access health care. And so we started a so-called safety net clinic to so that these people would have health care. So I, I've done uh, so I became a CEO, then started the clinic and and we've grown vastly over over the years. But over those years, uh, as a leader of my organization, uh, I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I've, I failed many times at projects that I started. I've had lots of adversities. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've had a lot of enemies. Uh, most leaders have enemies. 
So I conveniently use the first letters of those words, failures, adversities, mistakes, and enemies, to use an acronym called FAME. So I, I've, uh, I've thrived on being able to recognize my failures and adversities and mistakes and enemies, because I, I, I've thought about it, I've contemplated whenever I made mistakes, and I've learned a lot from it. So that's the basis of the book that, that I wrote. Um, I did uh, lectures for medical students uh, for over 25 years at the local medical school uh, on leadership. And, um, and over time, that particular lecture series evolved. Uh, I called it Don't Do That in my lecture series, but they were stories, they were uh, anecdotes, if you will, of my failures. And most people could relate and most people, it, it, was, it wasn't that people didn't know, it, it, these aren't complicated uh, thought processes or complicated concepts. There are things that we've all encountered uh, and we've all failed. But I think what happens is sometimes people just don't recognize it. And, you know, because who wants to make a mistake? They just kind of brush it off and just move on. But I think it's important to really contemplate on on the things you fail of and, and realize, well, OK, I can do this this way next time or whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of the basis of the of the book. John. Yeah. So that's, yeah. First of all, and that's a great uh, point you bring up. I love the acronym, by the way, because what it does is almost make uh, it takes something that people don't want to think about or talk about. And you bring uh, you bubble it up to the surface and just say, hey, you know, here's my it's almost like a mantra uh, that, that gives you fuel almost. Uh, I, so I love that. Where I see a lot of leaders that uh, almost they get a little par- a little or exactly paralyzed because of fear of mistakes. You got some that might be listening to this show that are are caught and stuck maybe even whether it's a single decision they're trying to make or it's uh, just long-term kind of pattern that they've been in. What advice do you give to somebody like that that's not you know born from your mentality that may recognize, yeah, I'm kind of caught that way. I, I don't take action because I fear failure or mistakes. What's your advice to somebody like that? Well, I re- read the book. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I yeah, you can't make people obviously do things that they don't want to do or they don't agree with and so forth. I, as a physician, uh, one of the things I always dealt with with um, with obese kids, overweight kids, and so forth, was for them to recognize that and and have them want to lose weight and to be healthier and so forth. But I long time ago in my medical career, I realized that you can't force people to do things. You can offer them the thoughts and the ideas and so forth, uh, but they have to take it and run with it. So so that's kind of what I tried to do. What I mean, I can give all kinds of advice, but if they're not, you know, if they're not going to just uh, accept it, then then it won't go anywhere. But I think um, I think the primary advice is is be aware of it. Um, you know, you know when you screwed up. You know when you failed. When you made a mistake, you know it. So instead of just brushing it off or, or blocking it out of your mind, just accept it and say, "Okay, I can get good things out of this. I can get good things out of bad." Mm-hmm. And um, and so contemplate on it. And uh, and I think your the answers will come to your mind once you start really letting letting and accepting these mistakes into your mind. Um, that's, that's what I do. 
Uh, and then, then I talk about it. I teach it to people. You know, I say, hey. And then, you know, there is something about what's the term self-deprecation. Uh, you know, there is, that's sometimes okay. You can laugh at yourself. You can say, hey, you know, I really screwed up, uh, you know, and, uh, but this is what I learned from it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I did with my medical lectures uh, over the years with leadership. And mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay yeah. to make mistakes. That's, that's what we do. We, we humans do this. Mm -hmm. So Ron, let me ask you, uh, in regards to scaling an organization, I mean, you went from one site to 10 and have grown very significantly. That's something a leader struggle with a lot. What's the, what are the one or two really important things for leaders to understand if they're going to want to build and scale a business, what do they need to do or what do they need to make sure they don't do? What are the things that you you know go into that success? Over the years, I, I've learned that the, the, the primary um, uh, ingredient, if you will, for success is passion. Uh, I, I know that's very intangible and so forth, but but you have to believe in what you're doing. You have to uh, to understand why and how and so forth. Um, and this all comes from passion. Um, I had a major significant desire to really, I, I, I didn't like seeing patients who had nowhere to go. They, they couldn't go to the hospitals. They couldn't go to the doctor's office. That really bothered me as a young physician. And, and I was very passionate about that. And that's why I started this, this clinic. And, um, and, and I believed in it so much that uh, it naturally grew. Of course, I had to have the infrastructure, uh, you know, the, the tangible part. But in my mind, I always think of things or problems or issues in, in two different modes. One is the, obviously the analytical way, and I do talk about that in, in the book. One is the analytical aspect of it, you know, all the business part, all the, the data, all the information uh, that that prompts me to expand to another site mm -hmm. since we're on that topic. But the other part, the, the, the fuel, if you will, for that fire is the passion. Mm -hmm. uh, without that passion, you, you won't ever go because the motivation isn't there. The dream isn't there. Uh, all these, these you know, things that you, you're, you're imagining, wow, if I put another site, I can really help a lot more people. Mm -hmm. um, now, the practical for the business people out there, the practical part of, of expanding is, well, you're you're uh, expanding your market source, your market base. Uh, so your business will continue to thrive even if one fails or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, it's, there's a lot of things going on in your head. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know I, to, I don't know if I can specifically answer your question, if there's one or two pieces of advice, but, but I do know that passion is a, is a huge thing. And without it, you don't go anywhere. I don't think. Yeah, no doubt. What's your vision with one health Ohio? Well, that's that's a really interesting uh, question you just you asked because I've had this last passion. I think it's the last passion because I am getting older, as as you aptly put, four decades. I think I am ready to move on. But um, but I want to build. I have one more site. I bought a building already on the south side of Youngstown, Ohio, and it's a it's not a um, uh, a thriving place. There's a lot of um, decay there and and so forth there's a lot of people that who need uh health care but i want to put a a health complex there 
where we are going to address social determinants of health. So this is a culmination of all my years doing this um, through the mistakes and so forth that I've, I've, um, I've acquired over time. But uh, I, one of the things that we're experiencing in healthcare is there is a huge amount of chronic disease problems going on in the country. Um, and a lot of it stems from overweightness, obesity, and so forth. Well, that tends to be, that condition tends to be the gateway to the so-called chronic diseases of diabetes, heart disease, even certain cancers uh, are related to overweightness and, and lack of activity. So those are called social determinants there. So the south side of Youngstown actually uh, is what, they, what is termed a food desert. Food desert meaning that there are no uh, or very little access to fresh produce in that particular area. They get their food food sources from say the quick shops or the convenience shops around there, mm -hmm. which has food, but they tend to be they tend to be tasty, of course, but not good for you. So these are the the, the hostess cakes, the hostess ho ho cakes, and and the Twinkies, you know, uh, the beer, the chips, all that stuff. Okay, tastes good, but not really good for you. Well, that's one of the elements towards obesity. You, you, you shouldn't be eating all that stuff. The other social determinant is crime. There's a high crime rate in that particular area. So people don't go out exercising and, and so forth. So these are examples of social determinants. Well, I want to go down there and open up this health clinic and address the social determinants. I want to put greenhouses on the property. I want to put a walking trail uh, within the property complex. I want exercise classes that we're going to do. We're going to do cooking classes there. So it's not mm -hmm. just going to be a health center where doctors are going to see patients. It's going to address these social determinants. Mm -hmm. So that's the culmination of all these years of these mistakes and so forth mm -hmm. that I made. So that's my, I love that's that. probably going to be my last passion, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Well, it's not just solving or treating a problem. It's preventing it and changing yes. the lifestyle. So I love that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So your book, Don't Pick Up All the Dog Hairs, just came out. I know in the last uh, week it's uh, it's been available. And now uh, we'll, in a minute, talk about how people can get a hold of it. Uh, I love the name. Where did that come from? Well, so I'll, I'll be brief here. Uh, so I have a daughter. I have uh, four daughters, actually, and a son. And the, the, the fourth daughter is very athletic and so forth and she and i climb mountains as a hobby so we're very close we we've shared all kinds of you know hurts and disappointments and happiness uh, on these mountain trips and so anyway uh but when she was in the sixth going into the sixth grade i challenged her i said abby she was a very very good student but always happened to make a b here or there so i said abby if you get all a's for the whole year daddy will get you anything you want and she says she kind of shrugs her shoulders and nonchalantly says okay so i didn't know if she really heard me she really took me seriously or whatever so i let it go and over the year she makes all a's and she's going into her last quarter of grading and and i'm getting a little worried there i, I see her grades are all a's and i said abby looks like you might make all a's and she said yeah that was it. So, you know, again, very nonchalantly. So anyway, she gets her final grades. Uh, she makes all A's and doesn't say a word. She has a newspaper clipping of somebody selling lab puppies, lab Labrador retriever puppies. 
And I look, I said, oh, so you want a dog? She says, yeah. So we go and get this dog and it's a, the biggest dog in the litter and uh, she names him Charlie. So it's, a, it's a cute, if if you if you haven't seen labs, you know, they are such cute little puppies. But so we, we get the puppy and bring, bring him home and she wants to keep him in the house. Well, I had dogs when I was a kid, but they were always outside dogs. And I never even thought about keeping a dog inside the house, especially something that's going to grow into a large dog. And, um, and I happen to be the, the cleaner of the house. Uh, my wife doesn't clean. The girls don't clean. I'm the cleaner. So, uh, so anyway, I started worrying a little bit about that. And uh, for those of you who don't know, lab, labs uh, shed a lot of hair. And this was a blonde, um, blonde lab. So you could see hair on the darker carpet everywhere. And that bugged me for, for people who like to clean, it bugs you, you know? So I started vacuuming and vacuuming more and more. And then I found myself every weekend, that's all I did was clean the house. And I, you know, I, I finally, um, you know, thought this is not healthy for me. So we had a, uh, we were having a dinner one, a family dinner. And I said, guys, I have an announcement to make. And I said, okay, I'm going to stop cleaning. You guys are on your own. So everybody just kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, okay, yeah, nobody cared. So after that, I had more time on my hands on the weekend. So I started building things in my backyard. I really didn't know that I liked building until I started doing it. So I built a koi pond, a gazebo, a pergola. I built a garden. I built a walking path in my backyard. And it was beautiful. It was like a park. And, uh, and, and, and over time, Charlie and I did become friends and I started taking care of him in, in his older age and, and he did pass away uh, a couple of years ago now. But, but what I recognized was if this adversity didn't happen to me, uh, I wouldn't have ever had this great backyard, this beautiful backyard. I wouldn't have ever discovered that I like building things. Uh, and, um, and, you know, a, a very good thing came out of this. So the point about the story in the book is leaders, leaders cannot always win. We, we can't, no matter, you know, and most leaders are in leadership because they've always been successful at things. Well, sometimes you have to let go. And that's the point of the story. A good leader knows when to let go. And, and uh, the other part of that is once you let go, sometimes something other some other positive thing could happen that um, uh, that you know you weren't expecting, uh, like my beautiful backyard. And now I use it as a place to contemplate, as a place of respite. That's where I sit and write a lot, you know. And uh, I wouldn't have had that if it wasn't for Charlie and the adversity that I faced. So that's the wow. that's the take home message for that yeah. story. I yeah. love, and I, yeah, I love that I story. Like the, yeah. I like the story so much. That's why the the, the book became well. That. It's, it certainly makes me want to read it even more, and I cer I certainly will. <laughs> I look forward to it. Uh, but I, I love that point. I mean, that's a whole part of your life now that's been opened up. A whole new passion that you would not have even known about or had had you been fixated on on your other uh, you know <laughs> compulsion, I guess, to get all the dog hair yes. up. So I I love that. That's such a great point for yeah. leaders. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important. And I, and I practice this all the time now. It's it's one of those life lesson things. And uh, there are many times in my everyday life here as a as a uh, as a CEO of this organization that there are issues or whatever that come to me. And 
I kind of know when to let it go and, mm-hmm. and when to fight that battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and it's been extremely valuable for me in terms of being able to lead this organization mm-hmm. and lead my personal life. Absolutely. Well, that, and that's, that's absolutely, uh, key. It's not just leading a business or an organization. Most importantly, it's leading your own life. Yeah. Sometimes people don't, uh, don't re- re- uh, forget that. Um, yeah. so excellent. So where can people get a copy of your book? Uh, it's, it's wherever books are sold. Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, obviously that's probably the largest distributor, but, um, it's at Barnes and Nobles. Uh, it's even at the airports, Hudson's, uh, they have it too. Um, online, uh, uh it's everywhere. So, um, uh, yeah, I do have a website. Um, it's, it's rondwinnells.com. It's really simple, but, um, but, uh, there are links on that website to the various, uh, uh, vendors for, for this book. Great. Well, we'll make sure we put all that in the show notes. So for those of you who are listening, uh, you can go there and we'll have the links to the book as well as Ron's website. We're here with Ron Juinells, who's the CEO of One Health Ohio. He is also the author of the most recently published book, Don't Pick Up All the Dog Hairs, available on Amazon and local bookstores. Ron, this has been a fantastic and very interesting conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. I do have one other thing. Sure. So if um, I I decided that I want to give away some of these books. So if uh, the first three people that go onto my website and send me an email, I will send them a free book. Oh, Uh, yeah. 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 Perfect. Well, you're, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> you're going to get, uh, you I'm sure you'll get those three people pretty quickly as, uh, they're listening. Uh, they're probably typing in there right now. So that is again, yeah. that your, your name is your website, Ron Twinnells and, and that's R O N D W I N N E L L S.com. Correct. Yes. All right. Well, I'm sure before the, uh, next few moments, you'll have those three people. So, Hurry up and get to his website. Get those free books, everybody. Uh, Ron, thanks again for joining us. This has been terrific. Um, Thank you all for joining on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. And of course, as always, please like, subscribe, and share this episode with your audience. And of course, always interested in your feedback and your ideas for future guests and future topics. And go down below. Don't forget to give five-star review. Your opinion matters. Thank you for joining us today. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.